Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Just I'll read a short portion of scripture, and I, I know I'm a little tight on time here, so we'll, we'll keep it tight. Uh, but the book of Exodus, a story about Moses, many of you know, and Moses has been called by God to emancipate the Hebrew people from the Egyptians. And like many of us, he doesn't feel qualified, and uh, so he begins to make excuses. He wonders what will happen if he goes and confronts Pharaoh, the most powerful person uh, in that region of the world at that time. And so he comes back to God and, and Moses says, Lord, uh, what if they do not believe me? What if they do not believe me or listen to me? And what if they say the Lord didn't appear to you? And then God said to Moses, Moses, what, what's in your hand? And Moses replied, Lord, it's, it's just a stick. It's a staff. It's my staff. And the Lord said, Moses, throw it on the ground. And so Moses threw the stick on the ground and it became a snake. And he ran from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff. This, said God, is so that they may believe in me. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for uh, this time together. But more importantly, I thank you for this congregation that has walked with us for so many years and has been a faithful partner. I pray now that my words might be encouraging, that they might be hopeful and, and challenging, I ask. In Christ's name, amen. So I was, uh, I was in Malawi a few years ago and uh, I was in a little town called Zomba which is in the southern part of the country. I needed a ride to the airport so one of our directors, one of our former fellows arranged to pick up for me. And so I was waiting and this, this beautiful SUV pulls up and out gets this uh, 24, 25 year old young man and uh, he's, got, he's got khakis on and a blue blazer and he comes up, shakes my hand and opens the passenger door and I, I get in and we're driving down the road and I, I said to this young man whose name was Peter, I said, Peter, I'm just curious, like this is a great looking car, where did you get it? And this young man looked back at me and he said, well, I own it. I said, wow, that's great. You know, and, and I mean, Malawi is a country that is very poor. I think the per capita income is about $1,200 a year. So I said, I, I'm just curious, you're 24, 25 years of age. How, how did you afford this car? And he looked back at me, he said, you wanna hear a story? And I said, sure, we got some time before we get to the airport. And he said this, he said, well, I was out of college and I was in Zamba, and uh, one day I, I went into a little restaurant to get some chicken and chips for lunch. And I'm sitting there at the table, the waiter comes out and says, oh, what would you like? And I said, I'd like chicken and chips. The waiter disappears for 10 minutes. 10 minutes later, the waiter comes back and says, you know, would you like a, a thigh, a leg, or a breast? And uh, Peter said, I said, I'd want a thigh. And waiter goes away, 10 minutes later, comes back and says, uh, you know, would you like that barbecued, baked, or, or, or fried? And, you know, Peter says, I want it fried. Waiter disappears for 10 minutes, comes back 10 minutes later. Did you want that organic, cage-free, or, or, or range-free? Peter says at that point, just, just bring me the chicken. So the waiter disappears, comes back 10 minutes later, looks at Peter and says, I I'm sorry, we're out of chicken. <laughs> 
But the waiter says, look, I can go to Blantyre, which is the main city about 45 minutes away. I can buy a chicken, come back and cook it for you, and I'll have it ready for you in about an hour and a bit. And Peter says, no, that's okay. I'm out of here. So he leaves. Now, I don't know about you, but you'd probably pull out your phone and, you know, do a little review on Yelp, you know, and uh, be all angry. But, but Peter didn't do that. Instead, what Peter did is he asked a question. He said, well, who's supplying chicken in Zomba? And he began to ask people that ran little things, and, and he found out that there was no supplier in town. So Peter says to me, driving along, he says, so there I am, I'm just out of college, I have no job, no money, I have no line of credit with the bank, no credit cards. The only thing I have is the cell phone my father gave me as a graduation gift. And he said, I figured it was worth about $50 if I sold it. And Peter looked at me and he said, I asked myself the question, why do I own a cell phone? if I have no job and no money. And so he sold it. Now, I don't know about you, I don't know too many 24-year-olds that would give up their cell phone, do you? <laughs> right, no. He takes that $50 and he invests it and buys 100 chickens. And he begins to build this chicken business and it begins to expand. It becomes so successful and because Peter feels so blessed by God, that he begins to teach prisoners, inmates, in some of the prisons. He goes in now and teaches entrepreneurial skills. This young man now, he says, has built a business that generates about $75,000 US dollars a year. He employs six people and he's got this vibrant ministry into local prisons, all from a cell phone. <laughs> With a little faith, a little ingenuity, and the willingness to make a sacrifice, Peter let go of that cell phone and he has created something dynamic in his community. Now, I don't know about you, but when I heard that story, it, it triggered a memory, Ricky, from sixth grade at First Baptist Church. In sixth grade at First Baptist Church, I had a Sunday school teacher named Miss Belcher. We had fun with that name, can you imagine? <laughs> And I'll never forget, Ms. Belcher, this is back in the days when you taught Bible lessons with these things called flannel graphs. A anybody remember a flannel graph in here? Oh, we got, we got two or three hands. I mean, for the younger generation, uh, uh, this is before like Facebook and DVDs and VHS and before TikTok and Instagram. We had these things, that, they were like these big boards and they had this sort of felt, blue felt on them. And the teacher would tell a Bible story and they would come in and Miss Belcher would come in. She'd sit on a stool. She had a bag of what she called manipulatives. And they were like pictures with little bits of Velcro on the back. And she would begin to tell this Bible story. And, you know, I just remember this sort of bony hand that would come down into the bag. And, and we were all like, what, what manipulative is Miss Belcher going to pull out? and put on the flannel graph. But she's the one that introduced me to Moses. 
And she brought, you know, the, 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 the manipulatives of the bulrushes and Pharaoh's palace. She told a story about how Pharaoh had an edict out to annihilate all the, all the Hebrew boys. She talked about those midwives, remember those that, 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 you know, rescued Moses and put him in the basket and, and then Pharaoh's daughter who comes and rescues him and he, he grows up in the palace and then she told about how Moses murdered an Egyptian and had to run off into the desert where he wandered as a nomad with that stick. And then she shared that beautiful scripture verse, Exodus 3, verse 7, where God says, I've, I've heard the cries of my people. I've noticed their suffering. And God, it's breaking his heart to know what his people are experiencing, so he calls Moses. And what does Moses do? <laughs> he makes excuses. I don't want that. I can't do that. I don't talk right. I don't have the skills. So what does God do to prepare Moses? This is what I love. He doesn't say, Moses, go get a PhD in Middle East politics. You know, he doesn't go, you know, watch a master class in economic game theory. He doesn't even say, go watch series three of The Crown and learn about the dysfunction of royal families. <laughs> right? God says, Moses, what's in your hand? I'm gonna start with what you have, not with what you don't have. And Moses says, it's a stick. You know, it's a stick that I use for balance. It's, it's my livelihood, it's my work. And God says, well, release it. Throw it to the ground. And Moses throws it to the ground and this dead object becomes something alive. Now some of you may be checking out at this point in the sermon because I sometimes do this when I hear the scripture. You know, well that happened 3,000 years ago. That was Moses. You know, he was a great man. He was qualified. Well, you're talking about a murderer here who doesn't seem to have a lot of skills. But here's the thread that connects you and I, I think, to this story. Is that despite the fact that this happened 3,000 years ago, despite the fact that we've made advances in communication technology, that there are reams and reams of PhDs on leadership and social science research on what makes good leaders, what makes bad leaders, all that stuff. And yet we still have leaders in the world that make life miserable for people. Nothing's really changed, has it? There are still people, men, women, boys and girls, across the globe who are living in misery and God's heart breaks and God says, I'm looking for somebody. What's in your hand? Now you guys know, because I've been here, coming here for years, that for 15 years we've been investing in young leaders like Claw, like Hamilton, like Kellyote, like Esther, like Kwame. You've been helping me. You guys have invested not only prayerfully but also emotionally and financially and we've sent these young people back to countries like Malawi and Uganda in Malawi alone, we've built six high schools now. 
We're working with a couple of thousand kids, but here's the best news, is that every year we are now graduating 500 kids who wouldn't have ever had the chance to go to high school. They are graduating from high school. So let's, you know, let's applaud ourselves, yeah. But here's the problem. What happens next? In Malawi, only the A-plus kids get to go to college because there's just not availability. So if you're like me, who is a C-plus student, <laughs> if you're one of those kids that could never take tests well or you're more entrepreneurial or you're more creative, you're a musician or a writer, you would not go to university. There's just no spaces. So as a leader, I'm asking the question, what do we do? And God says, Bruce, what about a university? And I'm like, what? what? I, 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 don't, I don't know anything about that. Like, that's way beyond my capacity. And God says, well, what's in your hand, Bruce? Well, there, there's nothing here. <laughs> I mean, we don't have land, we don't have property, we don't have faculty, we don't, even, we don't even know how to do this. And God says, no, Bruce, what's in your hand? Well, I, I, I got a cell phone. Yeah, but 50 bucks is not gonna get us out of the gate. No, no, Bruce, what's inside this phone? Oh, 35 years of relationships friends with people like Pastor Ricky and Gil. Donors, partners, prayer partners. And God says, yeah, give it to me. And I go, no, 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 wait a minute. There's, there's not enough to go around. They might even laugh at me. Throw it down, Bruce. Watch me take this dead thing and make it come to life because that's what I do, says the Lord. And so I throw it down. Start calling a few people. I call my buddy Hart who is interested, got a heart for international work and he goes, he listens to my spiel and he says, Bruce, you're in way over your head. <laughs> you need to call my friend Greg at EMI. I'm like, what's EMI? He says, well, that's energy, ener en engineers, Mission International. So I call Greg at EMI, and I'm like, Greg, what do you guys do? And he says, well, we're, we're a bunch of architects and civil engineers and master planners, sanitation designers. We go in and we help ministries like yours who have visions. I'm like, great, how much is that gonna cost me? He's like, well, it's free. I'm like, you guys have degrees? He's like, no, 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 yeah, we're legit. We, we're missionaries. Like, I, I didn't know there were architectural missionaries. He's like, yeah, that's what we do. And I said, well, how did you get into this, Greg? And he said, well, I, I came out of architecture school. I had a great career. And then one day, God knocked, you know, tapped my shoulder and said, uh, Greg, I want you to go another direction. And I'm like, no, no, I got a family to support. And Lord said, no, what's, what's in your hands, Greg? 
architecture skills. Release them. Let them go. And Greg said to me, you know, Bruce, over the last 20 years, I've built schools in Burundi, hospitals in India, and I've designed water systems in Colombia. Greg, Bruce, I could never even imagine a more fulfilling career. You see, that's what happens, right? When we release what God puts in our hands. Sticks become snakes. (laughs) Cell phones become chicken ministries. Architecture skills become schools and universities and hospitals and communities where they're needed. What's in your hands? And I look around congregations like this and there are so many gifts. And I'm not talking just about money, you guys. Skills, talents, Rolodexes, time. And God says, I hear the misery. I hear the suffering. I need people who will take what I've given them and go bring peace and healing and Jesus to communities where my heart is broken. Let's bow our heads. Gracious God, we confess that sometimes we hold so tightly to what you've given us because we're afraid or insecure My prayer this morning that you would awaken us, open our eyes to some of the suffering and the misery we see in the world and, and, and you would call us forth to take what you've given to us, release it so that you can use it, transform it to change lives and communities. We pray this. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks, thanks, brother. I'm just very to invite Claude to come up and uh, share a song. There's a, the microphone is over by the side there. He wants to be able to share a, a final song with you, but uh, it also pertains to, I believe, the message that Dr. Bruce Main has just shared us what's in your hand.